1: If you dare
3: Let's go! This is the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on V <laughs>
4: begin the Lombardi line on a Sunday presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Michael Lombardi back home in New Jersey. Michael, what a show we have on this Sunday. John Massa is going to join us later on this hour. Of course, Will Hill, the king of New York, will get his thoughts. And uh, Will was texting me last night. Those Metropolitan sweeping that double dip against the Cubs was good Good news for Will, so we'll discuss New York and, and beyond. And Thomas Gable is going to join us in hour number two. Get the thoughts from the Today, because I'm sure it's crazy with the golf betting action today at the British Open, and of course, Wes Reynolds will join us in hour number two as well to talk all things British Open. And when we have Wes on at about that time, Michael, my goodness, they they started a little bit earlier today. The leaders are already off as we begin the fourth and final round of the British Open. And I was saying to Stephen and Kevin, like you come in on a Sunday morning here in Las Vegas. Now, for you, it's 10 a.m. back in the East Coast. Here it's 7 a.m. Right. And you got the final round of the British Open, uh, a major championship at St. Andrews on the 150th anniversary uh, of St. Andrews, the birthplace of golf. And, you know, I was just getting kind of caught up in the nostalgic uh, uh, nature of the moment, if you will, hearing Jack Nicholas say that your career isn't complete as a golfer unless you win at St. Andrews. And it feels like the storybook ending is Rory McIlroy. Right. He hadn't won since 2014. He hasn't won a a major in eight years. If he could win at St. Andrews today as they they play the second hole and he's still the co-leader with Victor Hovland, the script writes itself. But, Michael, as you know, sometimes what we think is going to be a storybook ending doesn't always end up being that way.
3: Well, no, especially on days where the majors are so, you know, the intensity, uh, the, the pressure, you know, the feeling that. You know, yesterday after the round when Catherine Tappan interviewed Rory, I, I was a little concerned because Rory kept talking about I haven't been here in this position in so long. Mm. And to me, when you're an athlete and you bring back the past into the present, you know, it, it makes you worry. Now, if you don't have a bad round or if you don't make a bad shot, I mean, look, his first three shots, you know, uh, uh, of, the, of this tournament of the Sunday were outstanding. I yeah. mean, the pressure wasn't there. Straight down the middle of the fairway, right on the green, same thing with Hovland. But to me, it's when things start to go a little bit bad, can you correct yourself? And if you have those demons of the past still lingering in you, you know, if you're not about forgiveness of yourself, then I think it becomes problematic. And I hope that doesn't happen to Rory because, you know, the book has indicated all along Mm-hmm. Whoever they, the book is, the sharps in those books, the analytical people, they think Rory's going to win because they never gave you good odds on Rory, even when he wasn't in the great contention. So we'll see what happens today. I'm looking forward to it. I really am.
4: Yeah, when you and I were speaking yesterday, he was about four to one. You could have gotten Rory today. He's minus money, minus a dollar twenty right now. Victor Hovland, who started the day about two to one, it's been shortened a little bit, plus a dollar sixty here. Seeing here, uh, Cam Smith again, who's playing a, a hole ahead right now of those guys is about plus 750. Remember, began the day uh, four shots off the lead. Uh, Cameron Smith has just made that birdie on two. So the Aussie has now made the first move, if you will, to get three back of the leaders. And Michael, today, some books out here is about 12 to one to begin the day. And I saw some even better numbers close to 15 to one. And I did play Cameron Smith today because you and I watched it develop yesterday. He could not have putted worse. And out of, out of that group, out of Victor, Rory, and Cam Smith, the best part of the three is Cam Smith. And Rory probably second and Victor Hovland maybe uh, third. Who, You know, again, the Norwegians never been in this spot here. But I wonder, Michael, when you have a terrible day, and you, you're a great athlete, I don't, whatever sport it is, and you have a day like Cameron Smith had yesterday, does he just wash that out and say, okay, hey, I had my bad round, and now if I play like I did in the first two days, I can get right back in this thing.
3: No, I mean, look, he plus one yesterday, and, he, and he's not out of the tournament. I mean, it was a bad round, but he didn't lose it, you know. And and let's face it, whoever gets the claret jug today is going to be the guy who putted the best today. Mm. I mean, that's going to be the key. Who putts the best today? It isn't the best putter. It's who putts the best today. Who plays the best today? And I I don't think that's yet to be determined. I know there's that line out there that unless you are in four strokes of the lead in the British Open at St. Andrews, you can't win it. Well... I mean, if you're five strokes, that doesn't mean Scotty Scheffler can't. If Scheffler gets his putter going, now he missed a, he missed a putt I thought he should have made at two mm-hmm. for Birdie. You know, he can't have too many of those. Same thing with Dustin Johnson. He missed a putt at three that I thought he was going to make. So it's, it comes down to whose putter's hot. And if you're Smith and you've got a good putter. You know, we said it on, on Friday after he had that incredible round that he wasn't going to be able to duplicate that again. If he could find somewhere in the middle, Wow.
4: Uh, great point, and again, some other names. Just in the, the live betting market is fascinating. And again, when we get to do a show like this, and you've got the final round, we're going to keep you updated on some of these moving numbers as they go. Uh, Cam Smith with that birdie now against seven to one. Scotty Scheffler's thirty-five to one. Cameron Young, who bogeyed one, the New Yorker, the twenty-four-year-old uh, from New York, he is fifty to one. DJ plus is fifty-five to one, and Jordan speeds seventy to one. So it does feel like there's a demarcation here. Only three golfers. Right now inside of 10 to 1 odds. And that would be Cam Smith, Victor Hovland and Rory McIlroy, of course. So we'll keep you updated as this plays out. But we mentioned this yesterday. It was an easy golf course for the majority of the day. And then the winds came up just ever so slightly for a while. Very easy conditions. We saw Sam Burns go out and shoot a 64 earlier today. See some other really good low numbers from the earlier groups with no pressure and no wind. Now, you know, we're not meteorologists, and I don't know how great they are predicting what's going to happen off the North Sea later on today, but if the wind comes up just a little bit, and with the pressure that you feel at a major championship, you're going to feel that, right? It, 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 the, if the elements come into play at all and you get nervy, that's where things could go south if you're one of the leaders.
3: Right. And, and I mean, look look, look, what's going on right now. I mean, Jordan Spieth, you know, who I like pre-tournament, <laughs> oh, he's minus three after five holes. I mean, Hayton, you know, he's played seven holes. He's minus four. You know, I I mean, Abraham answers, you know, finished the day minus seven.
4: Right. There's scores out there. He
3: posts. Yeah. I mean, but as you said, that score's out there now. You know, they started a little bit early, Mm -hmm. but I think when the wind kicked up yesterday, it kind of got going. I mean, Scotty Scheffler's minus 11. Dustin Johnson's minus 11. Are they going to be a little bit short? I mean, I think Jordan Spieth might be a little bit short, even though he's made this incredible comeback. I mean, it's phenomenal what he's been able to do after the bad round on on, on Thursday. But he, you know, one thing about Jordan Spieth now—he's a great battler. He comes back into this. I, I would have, he would have been my favorite going into this tournament. Mm-hmm. But I think this is really about Hovland and and Rory, in the sense that it's if they can, if the course continues to play easy. Then nobody will come back to them unless they just have a disastrous hole.
4: All right, Victor Hovland with a nice approach on two right now, so he's going to have a a decent shot at birdie here on two. And you know it's interesting because you look at Hovland and you look at Rory and the dynamic that they have. They they mentioned that they you know they were chumming it up yesterday in the golf course. But they both kind of said, "Hey, but we, you know, we're trying to beat each other at the same time." They're buddies in the Ryder Cup team uh, for for the Euros, of course, uh, with Rory being from Northern Ireland and Victor Hovland being from Norwegian uh, Norland. N- Norway, what one of those countries over there? Norway, uh, Norway, rather. So the Norwegians. I mean, can you
3: imagine? Can you imagine, David, that this kid from Norway flies into Oklahoma City Will Rogers <laughs> Airport? I mean, from Norway, and he lands, and he's got to be thinking, "This is America." I mean, right. no disrespect to Oklahoma City, but then he gets in his car. Then he gets in his car and he drives up 45. I think it is to go to that two-lane highway that takes you to Stillwater, right? Right. Like, what was going through that kid's mind when he's 18 years old, he just left home, and now he's in Stillwater, Oklahoma. <laughs> have you ever been to Stillwater, Oklahoma? I have
4: not. I, I've been okay. to Fort Still, Oklahoma when I was in the well, Marine Corps. But Stillwater's
3: not- <laughs> a unique place. I mean, it's a little bit of a different type of place, and they got this one, you know, I think it's this, I forget the name of the bar in the town, but it's a great venue on Saturdays in college football but it's a little different than Norway. There's no denying that. I mean, I give this kid some maturity and some credit to be able to just to go through that. I mean, to go through that, you got to have some guts in you and you've got to have some moxie.
4: And that's the interesting thing about some of these European players. certainly, you know, Victor coming from Norway, Rory from Northern Ireland, that they become Americanized. Like they talk about Rory now, you know, he lives in Florida. Right. And that, Really, the British Open, for a while, didn't feel, feel like it suited him anymore because he's the high ball flight guy, right? He's not a low guy. Keep the ball under. You think of like John Rahm, who really keeps it kind of, fights it a little bit lower than Rory does and hits it high in the air. Scotty Scheffler, you know, he hits, he's got the highest ball flight on tour so that you would think that wouldn't really lend itself to a British Open. But, but there's no wind you can just hit it as high as you want. It really doesn't matter. So the conditions no. matter for what your game is. And I heard Jack Nicholas say this too. You know, St. Andrews doesn't match your golf game. You've got to match your golf game to St. Andrews. That's the way right. it normally works. So that's where you really get that kind of test. And as Jack said, it's one that stood for 150 years now that you can go through the, the, the decades of playing at St. Andrews. And depending on the elements, that really determines how your game is going to go. Victor Hovland is one of the, for the great players, he's one of the worst guys around the green. His chipping has been his bugaboo and his putting has not been up to par. But this week with relatively calm conditions, it's really lended himself to kind of covering up some of those areas. So yeah. I, I think your point about who's going to put it the best is probably going to win, I think it's spot on. So I don't think we're it's just a two-horse race between McElroy and Hovland. You know, a guy like Cam Smith, three back, we'll see what Scotty Shefford can do. And we just saw an eagle by Patrick Cantlay to get him to 10 under par, and he's still in the front side. So somebody goes out and makes a crazy number early, those guys are going to know. They're going to be scoreboard watching as well to know where they are. As Rory McIlroy is going to miss his birdie on two, so a par-par start for Rory. Uh, Victor Hovland still has his birdie putt to come here on two. We'll keep you updated all afternoon long on those live numbers. And again, John Mast is going to join us here at the bottom half of this hour. Will Hill later on this hour get their takes on what's going on over there and beyond? But when we come back, Michael, let's talk some NFL and figure out what's going to go on with Kyler Murray. And the Arizona Cardinals, when we come back, and whether or not they're a team in the futures market, you should put your betting dollar on. Come on back, just getting it started. It's the Lombardi line on a Sunday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
4: The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of the month. Start today. You're going to get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage as well, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every additional point spread weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber now through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Back alongside Mike Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. And, Mike, I look up at the British Open. The Open, as they say over there. And uh, Cam Smith just missed his birdie putt on three by about a half inch. Rory McIlroy just skirted one of those pot bunkers on his tee ball on three by about a half inch. So, it, you know, we always, the Al Pacino line, uh, the game, it's six inches in front of your face, right? It really is a game of inches, not just in the NFL, but also in golf. Like, literally, if Rory's ball goes, you know, An inch the other way, it goes down to that pop bunker on three. He could be looking at a bogey. Now he's got a birdie opportunity if he hits a good approach. Cam Smith, conversely, if it turns just a half inch, I mean, that's how close the margins are at the
3: elite levels of just about any sport. It really is those inches, right? No doubt. I mean, look, if the kid intercepts Matthew Stafford's pass in the 49er game and catches it Right. right in his belly, you know, are the Rams the champion? I mean, if the if the Rams are called for a false start on the third down play where, you know, the penalty was called, if that play is called to end once the false start occurred, which it should have been, right. the Rams are now facing third and whatever to get in the end zone. They've got to, you know, they're going to have to either go for it, they're down four, they either have to go for it, or they're going to have to, you know, they're not going to kick a field goal, so, you know, but they don't make that call, and the Rams win if you know, if Perrine's not the back and Joe Mixon is, you know, it, it, on third and one, McPherson had made 14 consecutive field goals in the playoffs. If Perrine got, you know, if they give the ball to Mixon on that play, maybe he gets the first down, they get 10 more yards. That game's in overtime. Mm. It, it always the margin from winning and losing. And this is where you have to be very careful as an executive, as a coach. You know, Jackson Brown has a great line in one of his songs. We forget about the losses and we exaggerate the wins. (laughs) And we all do that in sports and in competition. We forget about our losses and we exaggerate the wins. The perfect example is right here in Philadelphia. The Eagle fans have forgotten that they were behind 33 to nothing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a playoff game then they're going to exaggerate their win against the Detroit Lions at 41-10. to 10. You know, that's what they do. And the same thing. And so that happens. And if you don't have some sense of balance within it, you're going to lose sight of what truly needs to happen to win.
4: It just goes to show, literally, it is, to your point, It's so close at the elite levels and what it takes to actually win as we see these guys here in an individual sport, very different obviously from a team sport, but still it is a game of inches. I want to talk a bit more about the executive side of things here, and and this really is curious to me. Jeff Darlington reported that the the talks between Kyler Murray, I like to call him King Kyler. He hadn't won anything yet.
3: I like to call him the mayor. (laughs) The mayor. the mayor of Munchkin land. <laughs>
4: he is. He absolutely is. He's, when you're my size, I mean, I don't know if you want me playing quarterback for you. Uh, the talks between Murray and the Cardinals, quote, are going smooth at this point. Now they're going to be- begin camp here July 26th. Okay. You, you've done this. You know exactly what this is. When they say they're going smooth or smoothly, it should be. Um, how long and protracted do the talks have to be? Like, we can't wrap this thing up. Does it really take this long of a process? Like, to me, the longer the process goes, the more I go, well, why haven't we signed in the dotted line? Do you really think this is going to get done, and isn't it important to get done before training camp?
3: I think the number one thing that's happening is, is the agent knows that the Cardinals are conceding that they're willing to do this. You know, if they and it's and the Cardinals are not taking a tough position in negotiation. So if you're on the other side, if you're Eric Burkholder, the agent, you're saying, I've got to keep asking until I finally know they say no. Now, no doesn't always mean no. You know, no could mean no for right this moment. But if I keep asking, no could turn into a yes. Mm. And so those are the kind of things that uh, elongate a negotiation. So, you know, they obviously have come to some agreement on where he should center himself based on the current market of quarterbacks, based on what Deshaun Watson got in terms of guarantees, based on what he got in terms of average per year, based on in terms of uh, of Aaron Rodgers got in terms of guarantee, and along with Patrick Mahomes. So there's some agreement there. And there's always three things that go on in this negotiation. There's the length of the contract, the value of the contract and the guarantee of the contract so there are three separate negotiations i want seven years it's like soto in baseball right Mm -hmm. you know how do you turn down 400 almost a half a billion dollars how do you turn that down I, I, it's, right?
4: it's startling because, he,
3: yeah. He's going to turn it down because he it, it would make him a, a Washington, you know, a national until he was, what, 38 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you turn that down? So he doesn't like the length. He may like the, the, the sum. So there's three elements of the contract that have to get worked out. And then once you work those out – Now, you know, the agent is in position to start nitpicking because what happens is the club starts to feel like we're so close to getting this done. It becomes easier to say yes than it becomes easier to say no. And what what you have to do as a negotiator is basically tell the agent. It's easier. It's getting a lot easier to tell, you no, Mm. like it's getting a lot easier to tell, you no. And you've got to be able to handle that. Where I don't think the Cardinals and Steve Kime are willing to say that. I think they want to play nice. I think they want to make Kyler happy. And I think they want to find out where this leads them. And in three or four years, they could say, well, we, you know, we thought he was going to be a great player. It just didn't work out.
4: The thing I, I cannot understand here is you know, Cliff Kingsbury, going back to his time in college, said, hey, if I was an NFL head coach and I had the number one pick, I would draft Kyler Murray if he was coming out. And then those things aligned, right? They, they bring in uh, Cliff Kingsbury to Arizona. They get the number one pick, and he's a man of his word, and he brings Kyler Murray there. And, the, you know, we just showed the numbers. They're, not, they're good. 24 touchdowns, 10 picks, 3,700 yards, completion percentage over 69%. So th- it looks like it's working, but maybe not to the degree that we thought it would work too. He's 20-1 to one right now in the market to be MVP next year, Kyler Murray. Are we going to get a breakout, or is he already broken out? Is this who Kyler Murray is, or is there a ceiling that he hasn't gotten to
3: yet? If I were Steve Keim, I would say, look, you know, I'm most worried about the Seattle game at the end of the year. I'm worried about how Seattle rushed us. I'm worried about the Ram game at the end of the year. I'm worried the fact that in both those games, when we needed to win the most, we threw for less than 100, 200 yards. Mm. You know when we needed to win for the we need we needed to, to, to really win. We gained 305 total yards in the in the Seahawks game. We gained 183 against the Rams, and we lost both those games. We threw for 122 against the Rams in a playoff game with two picks. We threw for we threw for 187 in the Seattle game. Now you know maybe say the Seattle game was meaningless. It really wasn't. You know, you get you scored 30 points. But the, to me, I just see this guy as a guy, as the season goes on, he just wears down. He's not the same player. He's not the same player. When they left Seattle with their win at 9-2, and two, that Colt McCoy got them that win. Remember right. that? Oh, yeah. Then they came back off the bye. They went to Chicago. He didn't play very well. He threw for 120 yards. That's what he threw for. <laughs> then he comes back against the Rams and in Detroit. Two bad teams. He loo- they lose three in a row. The Rams, Detroit, and the Colts. He's playing in all those three games. They only thrown the ball over three times in those three games, but they lose handling, right? Then against Dallas, they have the resurgence. You know, and he plays well against Dallas. The next thing you know, he doesn't. I mean, they lost five of the last seven games. They lost five of the last seven games. And as he gets going... And he gets hurt, and he's not the same player. He's not the same player. I mean, you know, this is not a guy, he has to use his feet. And when you make him play quarterback, when you make him say, okay, you're going to be the quarterback under center in here, and you've got to be able to make decisions, I just think it falls apart because of his height. Now, he's got great speed and athleticism to run around. There's no denying it. But when he has to make a play from the pocket, it's hard four to one to win
4: the division this year in the NFC West or the Cardinals. And I, I don't know like how much of a body language guy you are, but there are, there's that talk. Oh, I that, hate his
3: body language. Right? I hate it. Yeah. I despise it. I talk about it on my podcast all the time. He he's, but David, he's never been a great teammate no matter where he's been. I mean, go back and ask anybody who's I, I've talked to ex players at Arizona, mm. you know, I, I, Oklahoma players. I mean, this is a guy who's an aloof player. Doesn't look, here's all you need to know about this kid. And I, this is all. I'm not. I'm not against yeah. Kyler Murray at all. It's when Buddha Baker, when Buddha Baker got injured, the entire Arizona Cardinal team went out to the field to see Buddha Baker because he's the heart and soul of their team. You know the one guy who stayed on the bench?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, that's not a good look. You know, like
3: th- th- those are the type of things that teammates might remember. Go, but they're ignoring it. They're, Steve Kimes got his contract extension. You know. Cliff's got to have him because if Cliff has to go with somebody else, it's going to cost him. So, And the owner and Kime are kind of a tied at the hip. I mean, Kime is almost like an owner. I mean, he's gotten a contract extension, you know, and he's been able to do this as they think they've turned their franchise around. I don't think they're very good. I mean, when you look at them at the end of the year on defense – they weren't very good. No,
4: they weren't. A lot of question marks out there. So, again, 4-1 to to win the division this year, 20-1. to one If you think Kyler Murray can have an MVP-type season, to me those are not long enough numbers uh, for me to back. When we come back, John Mass is going to join the program. We'll talk all things golf and all things in the betting world. Come on back. It's the Lombardi on NBC and the Sports Betting Network. wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code VEGAS1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses for all the details. Use the bonus code VEGAS1000. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on Veasan, taking a look. Michael, what's going on right now over at the British Open? And we got a kind of a stall right now for the top of the leaderboard with Rory and Victor Hovland. They have not made birdie yet through three holes. They are par, par, par as they stay at 16 under par. Uh, Cam Smith is going to tap in for par on. Four. He's going to be three off the lead. Dustin Johnson, Cam Young, four off the lead. Xander Schauffele, the big move of the day, but he's going to run out of holes. He's at 11 under par, but he's playing the 16th. Jordan Spieth, your guy, is in tight again, and it looks like he might get to 12 under par here. He's still on the front side, and only four off the lead. So, what a start for Jordan Smith? Is excuse me uh, for Jordan Spieth as this thing really starts to tighten up a little bit as the leaders are not separating.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, look, it's going to require it's going to require uh, somebody to kind of fall. Four shot strokes are a long way to go. I mean, yep. Dustin Johnson, you know, he birdies the par five, which he's got to do the fifth hole. You know, you've got to be able to do that. But, see, McIlroy and, and Hovland, they've got to do that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to be able to birdie those – You got to birdie the holes that you can, especially when you get to the back, when it gets a little tougher, when the road hole comes into play, and all of a sudden the pressure's on. And you know, and if you're tight in there with one-stroke lead, it can become a problem. So you know, there's a lot of golf to go here, but uh, it'll be fun. But there's a reason why no one's been able to overcome more than a four-shot lead in the history of the of the Open at St. Andrews.
4: Very good point. Let's bring in uh, John Massa, professional handicapper, to talk more about this and everything going on in the world of sports. And you know, look up as. see the cams now chasing is cam young makes a birdie so he's at 13 under with cam smith john very quickly uh, for the for the newest newer betters, if you will out there right and they look at a, at a british open going on how would you advise younger betters to handicap golf is it better in your estimation to maybe do some things before the tournament starts or get into it once you see how the, the flow of the tournament is going
6: um so i i'm you have absolutely zero knowledge of golf. My, my knowledge of golf is limited to miniature golf. Uh, you want to talk about Major League Baseball, NBA, or NFL, I'm your guide. I'm sorry uh, you brought the wrong guy on
4: today. Hey, no problem at all, John. We'll, we'll move right along then to baseball because, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, if you don't know how to handicap that thing, I think it's, it's smart to stay away. That's another point to make. You don't have to wager on everything that you might not be uh, well-equipped for. Let's talk about what's going on right now in Major League Baseball, and it feels like the New Yorks have kind of been the kings uh, of the sporting world, at least in the first half of the Metropolitans and the Yankees. Uh, John, one, did you see this coming? Let's start off with the Yankees because the pace they're on is ridiculous ridiculous. I don't know if they can keep this going. And how do you forecast for them what they might do in the second half and beyond?
6: Yeah, pace has already slowed down. Uh, I've been telling all all my guys, all my members, uh, they weren't going to continue playing 720 baseball. If you play 700 baseball, you win 114 of 162 games. That was not going to happen. Also, with the big lead that they have in the East, the same's going to be true for the Dodgers and Astros. You, you tend to fall back to the pack when you're not pressed. Uh, you'll see the Mets uh, and Braves win more games because they're in a division race. Um, but the teams that have double-digit leads, you're going to see them rest, judge occasionally, keep guys fresh. Uh, we're in the dog days of summer. That's what you're talking about right now. It's a long, it's a long baseball season. So If you've got that big lead, like I say, you're going to take more days off than not. No, like they're—I believe it's six. Six, their LA twelve. Uh, they've lost at Pittsburgh. They lost a couple of games at Boston. Uh, come home, so yeah, they're never—they were never going to maintain that uh, that percentage over seven hundred. Um, like I said, Dodgers right now red hot. All star break. You see, let's see how they come out to the second half of the season. Like I said, neither of those teams are getting press. Even Houston. Uh, double-digit lead, and that's with the Mariners winning their, their last 13 straight. So those teams are impressed. Um, we'll see how they do. Mets, like I said, she is a, with this guy coming back, what this guy has done, um, first of all, at his age, and then to come back from the injury, and he did it right from the, his first start out. So he's been great. The Grom, uh, with a couple of good outings, of rehab, if he comes back to anything close – I mean, that's a one-two punch, and now they can seriously challenge and maybe beat the Dodgers.
3: John, let's stay on those Mets. Let's stay on those Mets. Today they've got, they, they've got uh, David Peterson pitching against Adrian Sampson of the Cubs. What do you like in this game, and, and what is one of your games that you're looking towards really making a strong play on? I'll,
6: I'll, well, that game, is uh, the hot side right now is the Cubs. but The Cubs have been the best. Uh, since the Orioles series, and uh, I cleaned up with the Orioles uh, two games in Chicago, the um, line opened overnight and met 55 cents, is down to $1.35. Uh, I don't have the lineups yet in that one. I've got no interest in that game. I made two bets so far today, one of them being the Orioles at Tampa Bay. Mm. Um, Orioles, as you know, red hot. Uh, they, they had a 10-game win streak. They lost the first game at Tampa. They won an extra innings last night, uh, so that's 11 of their last 12. Lyle's on the mound. Uh, he's had three straight quality starts. Um, Tampa Bay, uh, they've won five of their last six. They swept the Red Sox their last series and now split the first two games with the Rays here. Kluber, two good quality starts. Both happen to be against the Red Sox. Uh, they're going to be missing Diaz and g Choi out of the Lions. That that's love. That's those lineups I've gotten already. Just a, a nice take here. There's value with the dog. I took plus 136 in this game. Uh, like, I said, two high teams, two good pitches. No reason not to take the team. That's one. Uh, 11 of their last 12 games at plus 136. Another game that I took was uh, Cincinnati Reds against the Cardinals. They took plus 155. A card to beat them up pretty good yesterday, 11-3. They've won six of the last eight meetings, and they've won four or five in St. Louis. But they're going to be playing probably without Arenado again today. He missed yesterday because of the fact uh, St. Louis talking about keeping him out today also. Uh, Matt coming back, making his first start since May 22nd. He's been out since uh, with a shoulder injury. He made four rehab starts tonight, but four rehab starts only through 12 innings. You don't expect him to throw too many pitches a day before the All-Star break while they've lost these couple of games in St. Louis, just coming off beating the Yankees two or three at the stadium, and they've won six of their last night. Two live dogs. That's what I look for. Live dogs. Like I said, this is what they call the dog days of summer. <laughs>
4: Talking with John Master here, some Major League Baseball. John, let's stay there uh, in baseball. And I want to ask you, uh, Dylan Cease going today for the White Sox on the road against Minnesota. And bigger picture here, Minnesota's still the favorites right now to win this Central. You can get plus money on the White Sox here. Are Tony LaRusso's crew, are they about to turn a corner here? Would you like them? Big picture, and do you like him today with Dylan Cease? Uh, love C's. Um He
6: has a rough time His history. Uh, against the Twins, his last four starts uh, last year, one and two, five nine, one right. A little rough start. They just announced the pitcher for the Twins today, and it's going to be Archer. He's just going to be activated and make his first start since June 30th. And even when healthy, Archer doesn't go more than five innings. He has not pitched more than five innings in any start this year. Um, always got to look for the line. Sunday is a notorious day for the because you've got all-day games. So we'll see what the lineups look like in this one. As far as the long haul, just before I go to the long haul, Luis Robert missed yesterday. He'll be questionable today. As for the long haul, if Lance Lynn can give the White Sox anything, and he hasn't shown it yet. I mean, he just he, since he's come back from the injury, he's been absolutely battered. If you can give me Lance Lynn on the White Sox, and if Giolito can get his stuff straightened out, you put them together with these, and what what Johnny Cueto's done, and now you're talking. Uh, it's all about pitching. Uh, Twins actually have some nice pitches. You, you, you got Ryan. Um, uh, you, even Bundy starting to come out of nowhere. He's starting to pitch some nice games for you. So we'll see how the pitching does down the stretch. I always say, tell me how, how the pitching's going to hold up, and I'll tell you who the winners are. We're talking about the Mets. The shears are going to continue at his age what he's doing. Can ground come back from the injury? If they do, they'd be my favorite to win
4: the National League. John, I'm going to have to wrap it up right there because we're going to run out of time in this segment, but we really do appreciate your thoughts here on Major League Baseball Great today. Great job
3: on baseball, John. Absolutely. Great job. Appreciate my you. My pleasure.
4: Thank you, John. Enjoy the rest All of your, your Sunday, my friend. Uh, we're going to have to take a break, but before we go, uh, I just want to update the British Open very quickly in the live betting market here because Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Victor Hovland just made his first bogey. Of the day, so right now, Michael, Rory McIlroy, without making a birdie, is your sole leader at 16 under par. Hovland's going to drop back to 15, but Cam Smith, Cam Young, right there at 13 under, and Jordan Spieth has entered the chat. He is at 12 under par through seven. So he's only four off the lead with still 10 holes to play. So, Michael, we'll update those numbers. Will Hill's going to join us coming back. It's getting tighter over there at St. Andrews. We'll update everything when you come back with us right here on the Lombardi line on a Sunday. It is the sports Betting Network. MGM welcomes you with a special offer on the major golf tournament going on in the United Kingdom. Simply place a $10 Mending Line wager on any golfer to win. And if any golfer makes a birdie during the tournament, and they've made a lot of them, You're going to win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bets outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first bet and enjoy golf like never before and find out why nothing beats a win at BetMGM. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if any golfer makes a birdie during the tournament in the U.K. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. It must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non withdrawable free bet source had credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Back alongside Michael Lombardi and Michael, I'm glad that that promotion didn't say that the leaders had to make a birdie to get that uh, that free bet because so far. There has not been a birdie between the final two, between Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland. As a matter of fact, Victor Hovland made that bogey uh, on four to drop in one off the pace of Rory McIlroy. He's got four pars to begin his day. And, Michael, what it's doing, and we're seeing this now, we're going to bring in Will Hill, the king of New York, as well, to see his thoughts on this. It's bringing other players back into the field. Now, let's see how long it lasts, because it wouldn't take a lot for the leaders to separate, but right now, You know, Jordan Spieth just made his first bugaboo here. He just made a bogey to drop back to 11 under. So he's five off the lead. But Cam Young, Cam Smith, they're at 13 under, only three off the lead. Will Hill, before we get to baseball, my friend, follow him on Twitter as I do at NotTheWillHill. Did you have any action today? Did you hop in anything before you got to the fourth and final round? Did you see any numbers that you really liked?
2: No, but if I did, I would say Hovland did a plus price, but just because like what you guys talked about with the putting, the rest of his game is so strong and he was hitting some bombs yesterday. If he gets hot with the putter, he's tough to beat and uh Lombardi, you're not gonna believe this. But I have an issue with the producing the production here of this oh, golf oh, tournament. Oh, Shock. Whoa. Uh, Cam Smith Shocking. is twelve under. This is like a half hour ago. Cam Smith is twelve under, putting for birdie. The scoreboard already already shows him thirteen under. So the scoreboard is ahead of the live action. What are we doing here, Lombardi? Can we fix? It this? happens What's all the on?
3: time. I mean, it happens all the time when yeah. when they bring some obscure guy in with a long putt who's not even in the tournament. They show you this obscure, and you, you, he's gonna make. You know, he's making the putt like it's on tape <laughs> delay. Like I don't understand. You know, I don't want to. Golf should be an easy sport to produce. I know there's, there's a lot of balls in the air literally, mm-hmm. but to me, to not have the caddies mic'd up with the with the players, I mean, the fans would be so engaged in that conversation, instead of listening to Roger Maltby tell me how impossible the shot is to get six inches from the cup, you know, like, instead of hearing that, I would like to hear what the caddies got to say, you know, and, 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 and they don't, and they, they do everything on these tape delays, and they make it like it's live, instead of saying, hey, we're going tape delayed, like, we know it's tape delayed, like, <laughs> You know, it's like my ridiculous. My consulting
2: fee would be very reasonable. i I I'd do it for a very small well, amount I don't know how market.
3: you're going to fit it in. I don't know how you're going to fit it in. Russell Westbrook just fired his agent of 14 That's years. Right. I mean, you're going to have to represent him. You're going to have to handle the Lakers as they settle that, settle that move. I mean, you've got a lot on your plate, my man. Uh, very plus the quickly. podcast, sure.
4: Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's stay in the New York theme here because Cam Young just made another birdie. And I look at the live market here. He's now two off the lead, gentlemen. This kid from New York City is not going away. So Cam Young plus 850 in the betting market. Cameron Smith made a birdie as well. So they're both at 1,400 par, two off the lead of Rory McIlroy, one back of Victor Hovland. Uh, Will, the New York flavor, I, I feel like Cam Young has been discounted because we're talking about Rory, Hovlin. Hovland. Cam Cam Smith, all these class players, DJ, right? Jordan Spieth. But we don't talk about the 24 year old from New York who he's hanging tough and he's done so all weekend long.
2: Yeah, and anyone who bet him first round leader is already, you know, sitting back, relaxing cash and I think he was 90 to 1 to lead after the first wow. round, so anyone that bet that is uh is just kind of enjoying the rest of the tournament. So yeah, should be a, a fun finish. I think we're seeing the leaders get a little tight here.
1: Absolutely.
2: You I'm-
3: know, if they don't birdie, David, if they will, if they don't if if McElroy and, and Hovland don't birdie this fifth hole, which everybody has seemed to birdie, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the par five, it's easily – you can get to it in two. I'm not saying you should make an eagle, but, you know, it, it should be a, a – a, it's going to – they're going to give a stroke back to the field if they don't.
4: No question about it. We saw Patrick Cantlay make eagle there, to your point, Michael. So, it is gettable for these guys, but to Will, to your point, it's getting tight. This is what happens in major championship golf. It is not easy to close – on a major championship Sunday. I wonder if the Metropolitans are going to close this year, Will, or they're going to break my heart again. And I wanted to start right here with the rumor mill before we got to your picks for the day. Because I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, Juan Soto, and Michael referred to it earlier in the program. When he turns down the highest, uh, the, the, the biggest offer in the history of Major League Baseball to be the highest paid player of all time, at least to this point, and he says no to it, and he wants out of DC, that is a power. Broker, right there. And now the Nats say they are open to trade talks. I wonder, in your great city of New York, are either the Yankees or the Metropolitans going to make a run in your eyes at Juan Soto?
2: Boy, it'd be hard to see them trade him within the division. Uh, and this doesn't seem like the Yankee way to to make this kind of splash. Back when George was alive, George was running the team. This is something they would do. They'd give him whatever they want, trade whatever for him. That's not the Yankee way anymore. They're very conservative financially, very conservative. With terms of the prospects, it's funny to say that about the Yankees, but it's how they've become. You know, they they pass on Harper, Machado. They, they're they not very aggressive in, in the winter. Uh, it'd be a hell of a move for whoever gets them. Uh, I think Soto should have just done what these NBA players do, sign the contract, take the money, then just demand the trade 20 <laughs> minutes later. That's what he should have done.
3: I mean, think about the world that we're in right now, right? I no. mean, you know, Durant's got this super max contract. He wants to be traded, right? You know, Orlando Brown turned down a huge six-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. Why? I don't know where he thinks he's going to get more than that, you know? Like, at some point, yes, we know the revenues and all the the streaming and all that have increased the players, but where are you going to get a better deal? And if you're Soto, like, I, I get maybe you don't want to pay in D.C., but at some point, you know how does Washington recoup the value back? They're going to have to take away all most of your your best prospects, you know, and you're going to set your franchise back when you make this deal. You're going to get a great player, but you're going to have depth issues that carry on. And look, the Rams have won a Super Bowl by doing this. We'll see what team bites on this. I I, I find it interesting that the value of this contract is worth more than some of these owners have paid for their franchises, and yet they still continue to do it.
4: It's absolutely amazing if he actually is dealt from Washington D.C. Does not accept that contract offer. Will, let's get to some of your picks today. And I know you kind of like a lot of the, the NLEs today, right? The Metropolitans, the Braves, and the Phil's. And again, the Braves just don't seem to lose to the Nats.
2: Yeah, you'll never believe this, Dave, but the Braves play the Nationals again today. <laughs> it's just, it's every day. I mean, it's every day, and it, it's funny. You can talk about being a contrarian. You know, what's the line? It doesn't seem to matter what the line is, I and mean, I guess there's some question in terms of who's pitching. There are some lines available for this game. Braves about a two-to-one favorite, and again, the line doesn't matter because the Braves beat them every single time. The Nationals just have no pitching. These games, I mean, you can't really make the lines high enough here to draw you know, money on the Nationals. These games are just total mismatches. Uh, The Nationals basically have, you know, Gray's a good pitcher. Pitcher, but he's not pitching today. It's it's a minor league pitching staff going against Atlanta. So I think Braves if you can get them in the two dollar range uh, again. There's some question as to whether they're starting Strider or not. If they start Strider, that line will be jacked up. But to me, uh, you can't go wrong betting the Braves against the Nationals. Uh, I also bet the Mets. I think the sign of a great team is when you play poorly and you still won. And the Mets yesterday a doubleheader, 18 innings of regulation, they scored three runs, didn't hit, didn't play well, they swept the doubleheader. And that second game especially. That's one in past years they lose. I mean, it had all the makings of, of a bad loss, of a blown lead, and the guy for the Cubs hits a rocket. Escobar snags it, mm-hmm. steps on third, throws the guy out. So I think this Mets team is just, boy, there's a different culture. I think we talked about this the other day. Scherzer, Showalter, there's just a new feel with this Mets team where they've got some mental toughness, and uh, they're a pretty good team. I would expect them to play better today. I think that price on the Mets is uh, is pretty cheap.
4: Yeah, They've got adults in the room now, Michael, and that's what leadership matters, right? From the front office on down, when you got to Guy like Buck Buck Showalter now running that that uh, that clubhouse to Will's point. They don't win that those games a year ago. They just don't. And now the Metropolitans are winning those games very quickly. The Phillies, you like them as well today. Are they going to make a second half charge here, Will, or or are the Phillies kind of who they are at this point?
2: I think they'll get a wild card spot. It's funny. All the AL East teams, all the NL uh, NL East teams are hogging all the wild card spots. When you look at the AL East, everyone's 500 above the NL East is pretty good. Uh, Rogers who had a great year for the Marlins last year has been really bad, a little better lately, but struggled with command, walked a bunch of guys and uh, Noel is kind of an under the radar. If you're looking for a Cy Young sleeper, he's had a really good year. So I think this price on the Phillies is a little cheap. I like the Phillies here today.
3: You know, as we go, before we go to break Rory, I think he's got he's, Pin high as, a, as an eagle shot, doesn't he, yeah, David?
4: He, he does, Michael. So he's on five, and he just stuck that green. So he's going to have a good look at eagle here. Uh, Victor Hovland, a little bit more trouble. He's got a longer birdie opportunity. But it looks like at worst, Rory's going to pick one up. And that would give him at it's least critical. a two-shot lead over Victor Hovland. So that live betting market again, you could have got Victor Hovland out here at South Point about two to one uh, before they began this final round today. That's now drifted here closer to four to one as they're anticipating, to Michael's point, that he makes at least birdie here. So we'll update those live numbers uh, as we go. But it's it, Rory has a chance now to separate himself a little bit from the rest of that field. And I saw Cam Smith with a bad drive uh, following his birdie. He's two off the lead right now. Now, as Rory goes for eagle, and we'll give you a little play-by-play here. I wish Brent Musburger was here. That eagle putt's going to go begging, but it's a tap-in birdie for Rory, so he's going to get to 17 under par. We'll enjoy the rest of your Sunday, my friend. We we'll always appreciate it. Follow him at Not the Will Hill and check out the New York City Cast. We are back with More Lombardi Line next, right here in Easton, the Sports Betting Network.
1: BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the major golf tournament in the United Kingdom. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any golfer to win. If any golfer makes a birdie during the tournament, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code Visa. Just use bonus code Visa. Just use bonus code Visa. Just use bonus. bonus